back to another episode of Digital Soup. I'm here with my good friends Jason. Howdy. And Adam. How's it going? These two guys are tasked with the monumental feat of keeping my Stone Age brain up to date with all the current news and happenings in the world of tech. Guys, before we dive into anything else, I want to follow up real quick on last week's episode with the Nintendo Switch. What's the feedback? What are you guys seeing out there since we've watched that live stream last week? Well, um, this is Jason here. Uh, I've watched uh, several YouTube videos uh, from some YouTube personalities that do a lot of different reviews and stuff. And uh, they were actually at the Nintendo event, and it it seemed pretty interesting. Uh, You know, we got to see more of hands-on, actual people using the actual device instead of just speakers up there talking. And I got to say, I mean, I I don't think I'm swayed enough to where I'm going to run out and buy the system, but I, I... I, I, I'm not as hard on it as I was. I don't know. What about you, Adam? You hear anything? You know, I have not uh, heard anything much other than just, you know, some people that that also saw the videos and, and heard about the new system. Um, I haven't had my ear too close to the ground since our last podcast. Um, so I, I haven't heard anything really groundbreaking right. about it. So, Dave, how about you? You brought it up, man. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, the one thing I, I saw some some online videos too from some vloggers that I follow, and uh, the one thing they mentioned was that while they were at these launch parties, not once did they hear Nintendo ever mention anything about pixels, processing power, yep. any of that stuff. And they, it seemed like they really were taken uh, aback, or not taken aback in a bad way, but more of you know just really impressed with how they focus so much on the idea of the fun of the gameplay and mm-hmm. they don't care so much about the the tech you know about the behind the curtains power so i thought that was a really interesting take yeah. on it you know what? you and i might have watched the same videos because yeah i did hear the exact same thing uh, people talking about how nintendo was just dressing the fun the fun right. the camaraderie uh playing with other people they weren't talking like i mean take a look at xbox and uh ps uh playstation whenever a new system's coming out that's all they're talking about is the hardware the hardware, the specs, how many pixels they're pushing, etc. And yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, you didn't hear anything from Nintendo about uh, the specs. I mean, they didn't even tell you, you know, how the, what the media came on, as we discussed in that uh, last episode. Well, exactly. You, you don't really need to talk about pixels and specs when you are simply looking in your opponent's eyes, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And not staring at the screen. Yeah, I guess there's no pixels when there's no screen involved, right? Uh, exactly. <laughs> They're talking about real-life experiences. You know, I wonder yeah. how many connections are going to be made when you're staring in someone's eyes. I, I can see a bunch of, uh, I can see a bunch of uh, teenage guys, uh, you know, they invite girls over and they're just like, Easy yeah, now. yeah, we just got to stare in each other's eyes for a while here. Um, yeah. uh, uh, Samantha, come over here. Look in my eyes. It's the equivalent of the movie theater yawn and stretch. <laughs> yeah, it's right? The, uh, hey, yeah, you want to play... Uh, wanna play Bang finger on the switch. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the new Netflix and chill, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Now, <laughs> now, uh, um, now we're talking about teenagers, but you know how many uh, you know forty seven year old uh, guys living in their mom's basement are probably going to be inviting girls over trying this too. Well, you let us know. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> good one, Adam. You know, it's, it's, it's not too, uh, too late to kick you out of this podcast. You know That's that. true. You do have the authority. I think, I guess for those that are listening that weren't, that weren't privy to some of the gameplay uh, that they demonstrated for the Nintendo Switch, one of the games was kind of a quick draw, so you're two cowboys, and it's just a quick draw game with the controllers. And what you'd notice is that you did not look at the screen. You stared at your opponent, just looking them in the eyes. And right. so we, we just kind of laughed a little bit when we saw the preview because it was, uh, you know, you're not even looking at a video game. You're just pointing and clicking. Right. This yeah. is Dungeons and Dragons, basically. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing, the, the system, it uh, it just measures how fast you lift up the controller and, I guess, pull one of the triggers or push one of the buttons. That was it. I mean, that's the whole gameplay. It was yeah. It was nothing else than I'd that. I'd say it was, it was intense. It was intense. <laughs> uh, the intensity on the, the faces of the players was severe severe yeah well absolutely i mean we'll we'll set it in the show notes link up um the live stream from nintendo if that's still out there on youtube i think and then uh, of course check out last week's episode where you can hear us go in much more detail about that but guys what is going on this week what do you guys have for me because you know we know i'm not the brightest in the tech world so tell me what's new what's happening what do we want to talk about well, uh, I mean, this doesn't really have to do a whole lot, uh, you know, techie-wise. Anybody can oh, dive into this. <laughs> but uh, the, the Nielsen, <laughs> you know the Nielsen company, the one that uh, likes to tell us what shows we should be watching and uh, which shows we should, you know, just forget about. Right. Uh, well, they did come out with a story uh, about uh, how the uh, digital media streaming, et cetera, how it has uh, uh, taken over. Uh, more people actually stream their music than purchase it on either physical media or through a store like iTunes digitally they're actually just streaming their music what do you guys mm-hmm. think about that i mean that's you don't own anything then you never own it you're just like i'm paying for radio and that's right. it well there's yeah. there's something weird about that because it's you don't own it but at the same time it's gotten so much more convenient just to stream um <clears throat> we have uh, like for instance i have Verizon and that on on the data plan that i've got I've got enough data to to stream all day long if I want to. And so if I don't have to commit any additional funds and I use a service like Pandora or if I use Amazon Prime the most for for streaming music, there's no additional cost Hmm. to having to listen to those songs. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, speaking of Amazon Music, uh, as you guys know, but the the listeners don't know, is I have one of the the Echoes, one of Amazon's Echoes, uh, the Echo Dot version 2. And uh, does it just repeat everything you say? It does. It's amazing. It's it does. It's amazing. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it, it is actually linked up. It is actually 100% linked up to uh, Amazon Prime Music. So with my subscription to that, I get unlimited streaming music. And this thing is amazing. I mean, you don't even have to know the name of the song. Uh, you can just be something like, uh, Alexa, play me that song, Mbop. Here's a sample of Mbop. By Hanson. Great choice, Jason. (laughs) Alexa, off. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I did that for you, Adam, because I remember back, uh, that was the song (laughs) at your prom that you danced to. (laughs) I can't find the answer to the question. This is beautiful. Alexa, stop. Alexa, off. (laughs) 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 Alexa, stop. So this uh, is, and now we get sued by Hanson. <laughs> oh my god! So, well, yeah, no, you're Jason, allowed to play. Jason, get me back for that basement comment. 
man. Yeah, that is killer. Alexa, Alexa will not be turned away. Mop. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully, I finally muted Alexa. You know, I had to put her in her place. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with this. You know, with this uh, Nielsen story here is uh, I. I don't purchase music uh, via, you know, brick and mortar stores or physical media, I should say, no matter how I get it. And I don't uh, purchase anything off of iTunes or any of the other things. I literally just stream music via uh, on my I have what what's it called? I think it's Deezer. I think it's Deezer on my uh, Samsung phone hmm. and also Samsung Milk Music. Uh, which is just basically just radio stations and stuff. Or now that I have this Echo, I stream all my music on there. I don't own anything. And, uh, I mean, that's possibly the way we're going. But it's also, you know, if you think about it, it's kind of sad. I mean, think of think of the big collections we used to have back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, back in the tape yeah. days. I mean, I would have case after case, double-sided cases. You'd, you know, sort your music. Yep. I'd have all my Michael Jackson on one yep. side, flip it over, my ACDC <clears throat> on the other. And then, of course, you had to rebuy all yeah. that once DVDs came out. True. And uh, basically, when uh, DVDs were kind of going the way of the dodo bird, I uh, I just stopped buying music and just started, you know, streaming it. Yeah, the, gone are the days of the huge record collection. You know, at this point, right. it's, it's all digital collections. So whether it's... Well, oh, go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, unless you're a hipster, because vinyl is yeah, very alive true. and well. You're seeing a lot of vinyl coming back. But yep. the CDs, I think, they always – there's nothing really there to – it's nice to own it, but there's no personality to it like a vinyl would have with the jacket sleeves and all of that. Yeah. But but still, I mean, I'm looking at right here in my office, I've got like four big binders full of CDs from back in the day that – used to ride around yep. with me in my car. I mean, you'd, you'd have friends with you, and it's like, oh, someone hold these because I don't have enough space in this little Honda <laughs> you Civic. Flip through you, know? these and, you flip through these and find the one with the most bass. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, remember back in the day, too, you'd have that visor one with your most used ones right yeah. there. Had. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think there's a few exceptions. Uh, you go to see local music, I buy a CD. Right. You know, Because not only I want right. to support that artist, but it is kind of cool to see you know, to get their CD. Although the first thing I do when I get a CD, if I buy one, is I rip that to MP3. So yep. I can right. put it digital. You know, exactly. It, yeah, that's... So it, I, I agree 100%. I think it's just those days are kind of gone. And mm-hmm. they the only other, I guess there, maybe there's another exception. If the streaming service that you use doesn't actually have the artists that you're right. looking for because they, they're not, you know, licensed to have that. You know, Amazon Prime is great, but they don't have everything. Oh, no. Oh, definitely not. Well, in, in a good example of that, I mean, with a couple of us being based in Minnesota here, last year when uh, Prince passed away, everyone was clamoring to find, you know, Prince music on Spotify or on, you know, Amazon Prime or anywhere else. And Prince actually was very vocal and adamant about not letting any of his stuff be put on there. So you couldn't find anything on streaming even after he passed away. And so his album sales went through the roof yeah. last summer after he passed because he just refused to do it. And I know some other artists are like that. Like uh, Taylor Swift, I think, is another pretty big name artist that has refused to do uh, very much streaming at all. Or if she does, it might be exclusive to one service or another. I forget how hers, her deal works, but mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, didn't, it's interesting. Uh, didn't Kanye's sales spike too when he died? He, he, he did die, yeah. right? Yeah. I thought he did. His career did. Yeah. <laughs> well, him and Trump are buddies, you know, so. Yeah. It's, uh, 
he's a he's a different beast that's uh, maybe a topic for another show but <laughs> yeah well oh, maybe um, i'll be gone on that show <laughs> i heard he's self-confident i heard that well here's uh from this article here i just i wanted to read this figure here because this uh it sounds astronomical but uh with the amount of people that are in the u.s uh now that i think about it maybe it really isn't but it says in 2016, 431 billion songs were listened to. Uh, and the leaders, of course, were hip-hop and R&B artists like Drake, The Weeknd, Kanye West, and Rihanna. Now, 431 billion songs. I mean, that mm-hmm. that does sound like a lot. But, I mean, you know, that could have been a handful of guys just, you know, letting it go on and repeat all day. Who knows? Well, I know... I use Spotify myself, and I, I listen all day long, every day at work. Um, it's just kind of my background music, and mm-hmm. so I have it on at my desk. And I get Spotify is kind of cool because they'll send me emails every now and then when they've got stuff going on. But the one that I really like is at the end of the year, they send you kind of a recap of your year in music, and they'll put together a custom playlist based on the stuff you've listened to most often through the year. You have listened to Hanson, 400 yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Why is this all Hanson? <laughs> okay. They, I, uh... I was going to say, Dave, before you continue there, I dare one of you two to uh, name another Hanson song because for the life of me, I can't. Can you? I don't know. No. Uh... But I, I'm not going to lie. As far as that song goes, it's a definite earworm, but it really does have a pretty killer drum beat. As a, as a drummer, I, I really, if you can isolate that and get past the fact of the embarrassment of listening to the song, it's actually got a pretty good groove. But you yep. know, it's, and you know, I've never noticed the drum beat, so I'm gonna have to, you know, yeah. hey Alexa, no, <laughs> no, it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty smooth smooth beat, nice nice feel to it, but. I mean, it, it, Spotify, though, is, is kind of interesting because it tells me how many minutes I've listened to music. And, and it was some huge number in the, mm. in the thousands of minutes of, or something. I forget how much it was. But, I mean, when you figure eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, plus whatever I listen to in the car or on the weekends or anything, sure. it adds up quick. You know, and you're not listening to the same ten songs. It's Playlist City there where, you know. So but, what exactly do you listen to at uh, work that is client appropriate? Oh, a little bit of everything. I mean, I'll listen to rock music because the nice thing is in my office, it's, you know, being, I just keep it quiet right at my desk. I can see when someone's coming and I can just pump that volume down a little bit or skip, but try and keep things pretty mellow in the office. A lot of, uh, what would you say? Maybe more radio rock and, and try out different artists. I mean, I listen to a lot of like Mumford and Sons and music like that, that I wouldn't normally listen to. But at work, it's kind of just the perfect background music. It's mellow, it's relaxed, sure, and it's nothing offensive, you know. Well, um, you actually bring up a pretty good point about this. Uh, uh, the streaming, the benefit of streaming is mm-hmm. back when you had to purchase a song, uh, purchase an album, I should say, you purchase it for usually one or two songs. You, I mean, those are the ones that hooked you. And then sometimes you'd find that the rest of the album either you know, was great, you know, just like those first yeah. two songs, or they really sucked. Well, here, uh, not only can you basically listen to the hits, but you can also, uh, I know, I now I'm not deep into Spotify and stuff like you guys are and Pandora mm-hmm. and stuff, but I do know, uh, like on my uh, Amazon Prime, when I have it mixed, you know, say, uh, play me some rock, etc., Right. It'll, it'll play some stuff I didn't even think about, didn't even, you know, didn't even mm-hmm. know about it. I mm-hmm. discover new music all the time in my genre. Uh, and I believe Pandora, like if you say 
uh, you know, type in ACDC or whatever. Yep, it'll, it'll set up it'll, a station. Yeah, set up a station and similar music, right? Uh, Pandora so was the know. first one that I ever used that was like that. And I you mm-hmm. know, I think they were kind of on the forefront of that, you know, set up a station and you'll discover new music. I think that's been really excellent. Well, and I, I think even still to this day, because with Spotify, they have their radio feature where it does the same thing. You pick a song or an artist or a genre and it'll build a station for you. But mm-hmm. I think I still think because I use both of them, um, depending on where I'm listening sometimes. But Pandora still does a much better job of building a radio station that's going to be full of excellent songs, top to bottom. Where Spotify will have a couple good ones, and then it's like, what is this doing on here? You know, why did you put this <laughs> on? You skip, skip, skip. So I, I still like Pandora for the the mix station where you're letting it decide what what music's going to come up next, but. The thing for Spotify with me that I love so much is the ability to go in and create all of those custom playlists. And not only that, but follow. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands probably of playlists you can find out there where people have gone in and custom built playlists for anything you can want. On Amazon Prime is real similar to that. Yeah, and I've never used that. Never really used Amazon Prime. I have to look into that. Now, are you a a Prime member, uh, Dave, or not? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, it's free then, dude. Uh, just right. You, know, you just have to pay a yearly fee. Yeah. I mean, right. what's, I, I pay for it so I get the free two-day shipping. I mean, everything else is just, you know, uh, yep. uh, what do yep. you call it? Uh, sugar. No, not sugar. What do you call it? Uh, a cream. No, not cream. Uh, it's a soup. I don't know what I'm calling it. Is it but, digital uh, soup? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but, I, I, one other thing I'd like to add to that that's kind of cool about the streaming services. When, right. when it's playing a song, you can click on thumbs up or thumbs down and it'll right. kind of it kind of learns your profile kind of learns your tastes whatever algorithms right. they have running back there and it'll play songs that are even more similar to that or we won't play mm-hmm. this one again he doesn't right. like the right. mode he won't we won't play any more <laughs> now uh, are you in a uh, an environment dave at work uh, where you're able to uh, listen to music too me yeah, I listen. Uh, or Adam, I mean, Adam. I mean, sorry, Adam. Okay. <laughs> yeah, things haven't changed since the last time. Are. Yeah, I was like, "What?" Yeah, my, you know, I've got an office, and there's, I've got my my little Bluetooth speaker. I don't listen to a ton just because I have to. I'm answering phone calls, or I'm constantly in meetings and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, I, I will sometimes just keep it on in the background. And um, similar to Dave, I, I, there's a lot of times I'm playing just like the American folk station, you know, like modern right. folk, just because it's light. It's you can work with it in the background. It's not distracting. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, what I do there. That's cool. Well, me, um, I have about two hours a day where I actually have to sit down and actually do paperwork, et cetera. And mm-hmm. uh, that's when I get to listen. And, you know, most of the time I'll listen to a podcast or two, but yeah, I'll throw on, uh, my Amazon prime, you know, load it up on my phone and, uh, just let it stream, you know, different things to you know, get sure. me through my day. You know, you just need a little bit of sound in the background. Yeah. Well, most of mine is most of my streaming is actually done. I've got a half hour commute back and forth from work, so yeah. it's either a podcast, you know, I use like the TuneIn app, or else it's the the Amazon Prime. Either way, I'm streaming something. Okay. Well, a question for you too. Uh, how does it how how is this streaming work over your cell data? Is it is it pretty decent? I've never tried it. Honestly, I thought it would take up a lot more than it does. I've got an eight gig uh, per month shared plan with the wife, and I I'm pretty typically carrying data over. Oh, sweet. So yeah, yeah I got yeah, it pretty decent. I got two and a half and I've just I've never even tried it. Mm-hmm. Well, two I think if gigs. if you're gonna stream video, you're gonna really eat that up. Oh, the audio yeah. stuff they've got. Yeah, believe me, my uh my kids have grabbed my phone before when I turned off Wi Fi because it was interfering with my data. I, I, 
at work, you know, our Wi-Fi sometimes uh, is not the best. So if I need to access something, I'll turn off my Wi-Fi, use my cell data, because for some reason that works better than our local Wi-Fi. And I'll forget mm. about it. Uh, come home, my kids will grab my phone, start watching some uh, Play-Doh videos, and all of a sudden <laughs> it says, you've exceeded your data for the month. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and by the way, it was for Play-Doh. <clears throat> Yes. Yeah. How do you and then, uh, to injury? And then they're like giving me a call like, um, has your phone been stolen? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've noticed a lot of Play-Doh videos. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, You're 47 years old. You know what's you interesting? I, hey, I'm 45 right now, 46 in May. All right. I was using the example of a 47-year-old man in their parents' basement. I was not talking about me. Yeah. An autobiography. Um, I have a really quick tip for listeners and for you guys, if you don't know, since you both have Apple devices, one of the yeah. things that, that automatically is turned on, at least that I found with, with some of the new updates, had to do with the, uh, the Wi-Fi Assist. Do you, are you guys familiar with this feature? Is that where uh, it's, uh, it, you know, if your Wi-Fi starts to drop, it'll use your cell data. If your cell data starts to drop, it'll switch to Wi-Fi? Well, it, yeah, I, it basically, if your Wi-Fi is not doing super hot, It'll just it'll turn on the LTE at the same time, and I noticed mine had used up, um, I don't know, three or four hundred megs of my data plan, even though I was on Wi-Fi at home the whole time. <laughs> so if you go into oh geez, where's the setting? I should have been more prepared. All right, well we'll pause while he <laughs> figures this out. Well, he's lo he's looking. I have I have one kind of devil's advocate thought about streaming. Mm -hmm. um, because one of the things that, you know, we, you, you mentioned earlier and it made me think of it where you'd buy a, a CD or, or an album or whatnot and you always were hoping, you know, you, you bought it for the one or two hits that you really wanted. Yeah. And if you could get, you know, two to four songs total on the album that you really liked, it was considered a win, you know, like, hey, this whole album was decent then. But there are certain albums, you know, in music you would listen to where you just love the album top to bottom. Oh, yeah, many. And so, you know, we would listen from, from top to bottom. You'd listen through the album from the first song to the last. And so many albums were put together that way, meant to be heard from start to finish, you know, where they're kind of telling that audio story oh, musically. Sure. Oh, exactly. Like you know, Pink and that's misunderstood, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing I think that, <laughs> that really is missing <laughs> from... Uh, audio audio streaming services is that it's pretty rare now that you find someone that'll actually pull up the whole album and listen to the album in order from top to bottom and i think it's one of those things that from a musician standpoint is kind of a bummer because you spend a lot of time you know writing this music and putting it all together in a way where as an album it fits and mm -hmm. then it, it just gets blown apart when people pick out the couple one or two songs on streaming they want and I think what's happening in, in a lot of times you see it with music is so many groups and artists now, they're not writing albums anymore. They, you know, they'll put out a whole album of music, but they're writing and, and putting out this music with the express purpose of having just singles. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. They don't fit together. They don't do anything. And I think that's kind of a, a bit of a bummer for me, you know, because I used to enjoy on a long sure. car ride or something, you know, throwing that album and just kind of go start to finish through the whole thing well, now, with amazon prime i notice that's a lot different than pandora or anything where it's like you get one song and then it moves on to the next one you can't go back right or with the right what i've noticed with the prime one and again this is because we're prime members and we're paying for the service you can not only set up the playlists and save these songs and even download them to your local device but you click on the mm -hmm. artist you can get the full album and play it front you know from beginning exactly. to end 
Right. And Spotify does the same thing. Um, I, I just, and you can just, you know, search by artist or whatever you want. But I, th- I think what happens is so many people though, they're not gonna, they're not gonna sit through the streaming because they're gonna right away want to know, okay, what's next. I want to hear something else now. And it, it's just the kind of fostered that culture oh, yeah. of, you know, not sticking with an album. Well, it's, it's so to easy bottom. to switch to another artist or song instantly. Right. Yeah, that makes exactly. sense. Well, well yep. I did find the setting I was looking for guys. Okay. So, Perfect. I've got so, my phone. All right. In Apple, if you go into your settings and then go into yep. cellular at the very bottom, Wi-Fi assist, it automatically uses okay. cellular data when Wi-Fi connectivity is poor. So if you don't want to be eating into your data plan, you can deselect that or on, uh, disable that option. Okay. That sounds good. little advice for all you Apple fans out there. You Android people just suck it. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh man i know a little harsh since i have an android phone well, but you know, you know. It's, your android probably isn't doing that already so <laughs> anything we're sucking it with the apple on that one <laughs> okay well yeah i do have <laughs> they're going you fools <laughs> now uh there is one big caveat here though to uh streaming you know streaming media and stuff and it's, it's there's absolutely no resale value yeah, I'm not sure how what? they... I'm not what sure was they... the dead air there? There's no resale value. You own a <laughs> you CD, you can sell it there. to somebody. Oh, my gosh. Well, how I... often did you <laughs> did you sell CDs for for anything that was worth much money anyway? Hey, I could get that 2 250 out of them. Sweet. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, one thing I'm not sure, I'm not aware of is how how the licensing works for music now with streaming services. Uh, and how the how the labels getting paid or the band or the you know the distributors getting paid? I'm I'm not privy to that. Do you guys have any? Yeah, idea? I uh, I don't. I I assume it's it's something on a on model of you know so much per how many downloads or how many minutes listened to or something like that. I, I'd have to assume it works kind of similar to how like radio, um, like Netflix well, or something, radio play, but also how um like even YouTube when you monetize your channel. You know, it's going to serve up the ads, but you're only getting paid on so many minutes watched of the ads or, you know, all, all these different kinds of things that they're able to track. And I have to assume it's something with that. But I've often wondered because it doesn't seem like there's a I mean, if you have, say, uh, Spotify is nine ninety nine a month or fourteen ninety nine for the family plan up to five accounts or something. And you have people streaming all that music. I mean, they're not listening to enough music to pay all of those artists. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's a it's a bit of a mystery. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't I don't quite understand what they're doing or how it's working. And I think that's probably why so many artists are are so against it. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you had already mentioned Prince, but there's actually quite a few artists that will not mm-hmm. let any of their music. I mean, one of the big ones that's been in the headlines uh, quite a bit lately is Taylor Swift. She right. will not let anything, you know, be uh, definitely on Spotify. I mean, she's like anti-Spotify for some reason. Right. Uh, Garth Brooks, he's another one. I mean, you, you know, he's he's one of the biggest, you know, you know, uh, not an advocate, the opposite of advocate, uh, proponent. No opponents. Uh, opponent. Okay. Uh, you can't find him on anything except probably YouTube. Uh, YouTube, but then you know it's gonna get shut down. You yeah, know, you know what I noticed? There's <laughs> you ever look for a song and you and you find what you're looking for and you go to play it and it doesn't sound right because it's somebody's lame cover. <laughs> yeah. Garth Brooks cover by it's Tim by <laughs> yeah Girth Brooks. <laughs> Girth Brooks. Girth. <laughs> that sounds like his porn name. <laughs> <laughs> 
man. Um, I'm going to compose <laughs> myself while we finish this podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's... Let's get out of streaming for a minute because I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> sounds good. Here's here's something I was thinking about a lot lately. Um, now, both of you two, you're um, you know you're photographers. You know, one's a pro, one's an almost pro. I'm not gonna say who's who. And uh, almost my, uh, novice is more like it. Yeah, almost novice. All right. Well, my uh, my it's wife. Pretty harsh of you to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> now, my wife is uh, getting into it. Uh, she enjoys. Um, you know, taking pictures that she really wants to take the next step like you guys have and, you know, actually try to, you know, make a little money doing it, you know, uh, you know, basically like kid pictures, that type of stuff, not like mm-hmm. uh, weddings. She's not going to go your guys' route and try to do a wedding. Uh, no, you keep the... including me in this. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've, I've been setting everything up, web pages, email addresses, everything. And uh, she's serving the what... San Francisco area, I heard, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, one of the things that I'm uh, working on is, you know, the the backup. Uh, you know, you're yeah. when you're doing stuff for clients, uh, the last thing you want to do is lose those pictures. I mean, that you can't do mm-hmm. that. Right. And uh, especially like, uh, you know, Dave, you do weddings. I mean, what would happen if all of a sudden you had to go back to the bride and groom and say, ah. I lost everything. I'm sorry. It's called <laughs> lawsuit. Yeah. So um, it might not get repeat business. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, I've been looking at a lot of different cloud services and stuff. And also, I mean, I have some hard drives here, external hard drives that we're going to use also for the same purpose. But I was wondering, uh, Dave, uh, you know, because you're you're the most pro out of out of you two and. What what are you using? Uh, are you using a combination of uh, you know local backup and cloud, or just strictly cloud or strictly local? What are you doing? You know, right now, and I hate to say this because it knock on wood. Um, right now, I'm going. St- I'm with strictly cloud, and I need to buy a bunch of uh, external hard drive to have a second copy. And I, I used to do where I'd, I'd keep uh, a backup on a local drive and back everything up there, and then also. Um, stored in the cloud and I use the Backblaze service for everything. I have been with them for many, many years. And yeah, they've been good happened, for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I've never had a problem, you know. And the only the only downside and for, for your wife it'll be an advantage because she's gonna start doing this right off the bat. And so as she shoots, you know, it's gonna be constantly updating. For me what happened is I got, you know, maybe a year, year and a half into shooting before I even realized it even crossed my mind that hey maybe I should do some backup. And at that point I wasn't shooting for clients or anything yet, but uh, I never thought about it. So when I started doing it, I was already 10, 15,000 pictures in, <laughs> and, you know, wow. it had to upload all of that stuff. And it took, you know, a long, long time. You know, I, th- I think the, the last time I had to do it because I had switched machines and thankfully their service has been updated where you can transfer the service to a new computer. Um, but when I upgraded my machine a little while back, they still didn't have that feature implemented. So I had to basically re-upload my entire catalog, which is in the hundreds of thousands of pictures right now. What, it, what, it what's took the like size? How, what, uh, what are we looking at? Like several terabytes or what would you have? What do I have right now? Well, I mean, when like, you were doing, when you were first uploading those 10,000 or so, I mean, what, what, what size? 10,000? Uh, no, 10,000 was, was probably, I think at that point it was less than, 250 gigs that initial 10,000 I mean I I forget off the top of my head that was almost 10 years ago now but um you know internet speeds back then were definitely 
not what they are now and even now well even now if you're trying to upload 250 uh gigs at uh what is your upload speed by the way dave oh here horrible uh (laughs) i don't i don't even know i know it's very very minuscule it's it's you know less than oh boy i don't know it's in the kilobyte so you said you were talking weeks Oh, the 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 last time I had to do it, it literally took me about three months. Oh, oh my God. but that was that was constantly going <sighs> with about twenty eight twenty eight modem. And... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would have been better <laughs> off. I think, but it was. That's I mean, I had to upload. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I was uploading probably like I say two hundred to three hundred thousand photos that I've shot over the last ten years of wow. you know everything from personal landscape stuff to client you know weddings thing is you shoot a wedding and it's sure. it's nothing to to put in 1500 to 2000 pictures right there interesting you know no, now I'll, i'm gonna weigh in on this a little bit i think okay. um i think dave's approach here both having a local backup plus cloud storage is really kind of the mm-hmm. the best way to approach something like this in that you right if if your main machine goes down you can have instant access with no internet to your other backup which would be like on your external hard drive or a flash drive or something like that and then to actually have something up in the cloud, uh, a service like Backblaze is going to be keeping things in you know secured location with multiple backups of your data encrypted. Right. So you you really have kind of the best of both worlds at your fingertips. Um, one thing that I some some backup providers will do is, uh, and not all, but if you took your if you had a massive amount of of data like your pictures and for instance, you could right. actually mail that to them through a USB yep. drive. Well, that's and, what I was I was going to ask Dave, because uh, I know there's uh, – I was reading about some of the backup uh, uh, services out there, some of the um, you know cloud services, and they were saying that you know if you had a loss of data, et cetera, they could email you your contents on like a hard drive, which then you'd copy back to your system and then email it back. I was wondering if it went the other way. They're going to email you the hard drive? No. <laughs> yes, dude. Hey, that's a big it's download. Just, it's it's just like Star Trek. We got you know our uh, transporters. You know they just transport right on over to you. That'd be sweet. All right, so I stumbled over a word there. Thanks a lot for pointing that out, Adam. Nobody else would have noticed. Hey, I'm that. just want to make sure that our users and our listeners understand the terminology. But uh, that's right. what I was trying to get at there before uh, he so rudely pointed out my flaw was oh, uh, <laughs> uh, do, do you know if they have a service like uh for someone who's just starting like that and you have ten thousand, twenty thousand uh pictures if uh they would do that you send them a hard drive and they would just copy it into your account you know i'm, I'm not sure if backblaze does that um i'm gonna see if it'll let me pull them up here you know i just did and um, they they actually do um they sweet. do okay 128 yeah. gig uh, 128 gig usb flash drive for 99 dollars, or you buy the drive from them they send, yep. they ship it to you. They take it back, or a four right. a four terabyte for one eighty nine. Okay. Right. Now and that's. Oh, go well, ahead. I was going to say. I was, I was just going to say, like for your wife, she's not going to have to worry about that so much because no, no. if you have that set up, and and anyone that's getting into something like that, um, if you're doing it right from the start, it's not a big deal because now when I go shoot, like this morning, I was out all morning taking pictures. We had some awesome frost stuff happening here, so yeah, I saw um, some of your was, videos. Look good. Yeah, yeah, was out like a kid in a candy store because we had some <laughs> awesome conditions for pictures, and so I, I was out for a few hours. And I'll come back, and I've I probably, you know, maybe I have eighty pictures. I don't even know if I took that many, but um, it I'll dump them on my computer and on my machine, and and it'll be uploaded overnight. It's no big deal. Then once you get that initial backup done, 
Yeah, every night it, it just runs and anything that's changed, any edits made, any of that stuff, it just automatically backs it up. And so it's really slick and smooth at that point. So Now, with back uh backblaze, right? Yep. Do they do you choose exactly which files they're backing up or is it doing like your entire system? You can tell it to do everything or you can go in and specify what drives and what folders okay, and, so and anything else you want it to watch. So Good flexibility then. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Well, what uh, what I went with is I didn't go with Backblaze. I mean, I've known about them, but um, I actually succumbed to an ad, which I don't normally do. But an ad <laughs> popped up uh, that said uh, iDrive. Was there a girl on it? Yes. She, she was quite uh, attractive. She was blonde. Uh, her name was <laughs> Tiffany. And uh, <laughs> from the eighties, yeah. But anyway, uh, they had a uh, they had a special. It's normally like sixty bucks a year, but one terabyte for the first year was five ninety five. So I had to jump on that six bucks, one terabyte of backup. A uh, company called iDrive. So I did it. No, that's not well, bad. I don't know if I'll stay with them after this, but uh, so far it's been perfect. I mean, because I, I I got the iDrive app on my phone, my wife's phone. Her computer, my computer, and uh, like you were asking, Adam, you can set up specifically what folders you want. And so whenever uh, she copies photos into this one uh, folder, it automatically puts it up into the into the iDrive account. Mm -hmm. And then from the the web uh, the web browser, you go to their website uh, from any computer, and you can actually look at you know. It actually listed on there. It says, you know, Android phone, Android phone. I I haven't figured out how to change the name. So it says like wife's phone, my phone. It just says Android phone, Android phone. And then it says our computer names. Like it says my computer name and her computer name. Sure. So you just go in there and you can see all the photos. It's it's really slick. Okay. And uh, so you can you can view them right there then. Oh, right on the website. Yeah, and you can download them right from the website. You know, I think we've seen a lot of services like this popping up over the last few years. Yeah. You know, it's become really, really popular. I'd like I'd like to point out some key differences between things like Dropbox and maybe iDrive. I'm not sure if yeah. iDrive has a full backup client or not, but if you take Dropbox for instance, very, very popular. Um, mm -hmm. you can have a yeah, certain amount of storage. It for years. Yep. yep, you can have you know you drag and drop files in there. Poof, they're they're up there and they're available on all your devices. It's really great for file sharing. You know, we even use that for digital soup. Uh, we're using Dropbox. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The key difference between that and a service like you know like Mosey or Carbonite is that you get in these systems you're you're able to back up your entire system, your your entire computer. You know, so it's more right. of an actual backup product than it is just you know file cloud storage and sharing so there's right. just a couple different tiers there that are available uh for you know depending on what your needs are if you want to protect your entire system then you know you can choose a, a service like like the carbonite or mosey or now, have or you used either of those uh, adam i haven't personally no um I, I know some people that have and they've had some pretty good success with them um i i mostly stick to my local backups um to an external hard drive and then I do store some key, you know, data up in like Dropbox. Of course, mm -hmm. I'm doing something more advanced there. I'm encrypting it in, inside of an encrypted file container, container first because I don't want any kind of public uh, or any of my data that's private to be well, to, easily Adam, accessible. you do know that uh, the only people that encrypt their data are people that have something to hide. <laughs> I got a lot to hide. I want to hide my <laughs> social security number. And I want to <laughs> <laughs> I, I put that on my Facebook page. Yeah, why like, not? <laughs> I've got LifeLock. No need to worry. Yeah, it's my yeah, that, password on everything. That, speaking of that, that was so funny. He put his uh, his social security number up there, and yep, uh, he uh, got his identity stolen. Right. You guys heard that, right? Yep. 
Yeah. Sure did. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They they don't claim they can they can prevent it. They yeah, just, just claim protect help you. you. Yeah. yeah, they'll help you clean up the mess after. But, <laughs> right. You know, that, that's that's, that's, like, that's like a Secret Service going, no, Mr. President, we are not going to stand by you and protect you, but we'll clean up your uh, brain matter right. uh, exactly. later. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> well, the question I have for you when you were talking about the difference, Adam, between um, – like a, a Dropbox and a Backblaze. Backblaze, if I'm if I'm correct, they're similar to a Carbonite and stuff, where you can do the entire system backup. I think, right? I believe so. Uh, from what I've heard from their ads, you know, looking at I'm not Adam, by the way, but I thought I'd chime in anyway. <laughs> That's okay. I'm still <laughs> yeah, trying to type the website in so I can go look at yeah. it. I haven't, I haven't used Backblaze myself. Me neither. Um, yeah, I, I had I had heard about them years ago on some uh, photography podcast I, I used to listen to years and years ago, and. Um, the price is pretty good. It's it's not bad. I, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head what I pay. Something probably like sixty dollars a year or something like that. But, sure. And um, that's definitely a great price for uh, security. Well, it is, and and it's unlimited. So there there's no limits to how much I can I can feed up there, which is kind of yeah. nice. You know, so. they market their product as you know, if you're using business or personal, they're both backup products. So to me, okay. it's more than just file storage. They are doing an entire yep. system backup. It looks like. From what I can see on there, unlimited online backup, all of your files, documents, photos, music, movies, but they're talking about your yep. entire system as a whole. So that's so you're talking about like a complete image of your installed uh, environments. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. I'm, I'm not sure if they're, if it's like an Im- actual image image or if it's just a copy of all your files that you could. Okay. I, don't, I don't know what. Well, the that's what I was wondering be. because um, mm-hmm. you, you keep saying a full system backup, and I was just wondering. Uh, you know, say you had a catastrophic hard drive failure and you had to purchase a new hard drive. How would you then get that image back on? Do they have an ability to that or would you have to like send them a hard drive and they would clone it to it and then send it back to you? Sure. I, I, they do have that ability. I know I know. Um, I have one guy that I know that had his server overtaken by ransomware. This is maybe five years ago already. And he was mm-hmm. using uh, Carbonite mm-hmm. backup service. So rather than pay anything... He just wiped the whole thing and re- and restored everything from Carbonite. So it okay. was a it was a full system restore. So now if you don't want to do that to you know up through a cloud service and you want to back up local, there's some different options for that as well. Okay. So one of the now. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say um, I I don't actually have a uh, you know a, a an image a backup image of my system, but I've always been thinking about doing it and. Uh, I know you can do it to external hard drives or software where you can clone your, uh, you know, your mm-hmm. actual image and put it back onto that. I was wondering, uh, either of you guys ever do that, or do you just like if your system goes, you just format and start over? I've done it quite a bit actually, um, both through through work. You know, we we've used disk imaging. Actually, when we're deploying hundreds of computers, we're using a disk image. Um, but actually right. backing up to an image, there's several different products out there for that. Um, Acronis True Image is one of the best I've used. I've used that one before when I was just messing okay. around. But... Yeah, I mean, it works great. You get a full actual image of, of your machine. Uh, it's kind of similar to Norton Ghost. Uh, the latest backup product that I've been using, which I, I, I love so far, um, it's a company called Veeam, V-E-E-A-M. And they're actually famous for VMware, you know, virtual mm-hmm. uh, virtualization backups, enterprise level backups. They've got an endpoint backup suite, which is 100% free, which mm. will install into Windows, doing a complete image uh, backup of your system. 
and you can choose your target. So like I've got an external hard drive here. It's going to go through and do all the compression, do a full backup. And then the next time around, because you can schedule this thing, it's only going to back up what's changed so far. And I did test it out. I can do restores. I can do file level restores with it. And it's it's from a, um, hmm. a fairly large um, backup company. I was pretty impressed that it was free. So that is yeah. Veeam uh, Endpoint Backup. All right. I definitely have to check that out. We'll put that in the show notes too uh, if any listeners want to check them out. Uh, now, the three of us, I mean, we're we're pretty technical here, but we don't dive into some of this stuff as much. Um, uh, I've been toying with the idea of getting a NAS drive uh, for local mm. uh, backup of, you know, for photos and stuff here. And what I like about it is it's, you know, you could do a whole lot of stuff with it. I mean, every computer in your home can... Uh, be attached, uh, you know, connected to it, and they can access and copy files to and uh, from, which is pretty nice. And for those that don't know what a NAS drive is, it's a network uh, attached uh, storage. I think there's another name for it too, but basically, it's it's a little box running here, sometimes with uh, pretty low end uh, specs. You know, uh, maybe like a single core, double core processor, uh, low amount of RAM, like two to four gigs, and it's just enough to run like a a version of Linux or, I mean, they do have uh, Windows uh, server that runs on it, different things like that. But uh, you can get it all the way up to a beefy system like uh, six and eight core, uh, like if you're going to run like a Plex server off of it or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can have, you know, anywhere from two terabytes to, you know, however many slots you have. You could go up to like 100 terabytes. And I find that kind of interesting. I've been wanting to do that because I run my system 24 hours a day because currently right now I use it as a a backup drive for every system in the house. And we have uh, my daughters each have an iMac. Uh, Me and my wife have Mac minis and I also have a gaming system. So we have a lot of backup to do uh, for different things, music, uh, you know, movies, uh, that type of thing. And uh, I've actually never known anybody that's actually had a NAS drive uh neither of you guys have one right i don't i, I don't even know what that is ah i, I don't either I, I, wait let me rephrase i know what it is i don't <laughs> i don't have one I, I don't have one in my house i've got i've got several of them at work and they're i've got their their big brother the sand the storage you know storage area network um, okay okay so a nas you know that you can get like what you're talking about jason you can scale from very small a single drive attached to your network up to a large RAID system. And what I've been looking at, I guess, for, for me personally, I would like to get, you know, you can buy just a NAS enclosure and add drives to it, mm-hmm. um, which is a fairly inexpensive way to get into it. And if, if you get one that can handle dual drives, you can you can do a RAID, um, a RAID 1 on those, mirror those drives. And so you have a little extra data protection. Um, and then you could just See, plug now, it into I've... your router. I've heard those terms when I listen and, and do some research on the photo backup and as far as like a RAID array mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that kind of thing. Now, how is that similar or different from a product out there called the Drobo? Uh, that is a forum NAS, I believe, isn't it? Is it? The Drobo. I think I've seen that on the store shelves before. Yeah, and it's it's been out for a while. Um, basically, from the sounds of it, it's it's a box that you, you plug in your drives. You can put in whatever you want. Um, up to I think four or six drives in there, and then it it does some some kind of automatic, um, I don't know what you'd call it, replicating itself within itself backup. Where so within that four drive array, 
there's two of them backing up each other or you know or something sure. i'm not sure on the the tech yeah, side and, but and like you said that is a network attached storage um just like what we're talking about okay um, so that's the same thing then just a yep. just a product same concept as the, one of their products okay you know I yeah, think, there's lots okay. of different uh sorry i don't mean to be st- stepping all over here adam no problem um, i just get a lot of no yeah there's different uh raid uh, configurations you could do with a bunch of different drives um if you uh you know just type raid uh you know mm-hmm. and, and comparisons and stuff uh, you can see there's raid zero one two three and they're all different i mean like the raid zero is it it has no mirroring or anything it's basically just like it'll it'll stripe you know two or more hard drives together like it'll take a whole like two four six eight uh, terabytes uh, drives mm-hmm. and make them into one eight terabyte. It'll just look like one eight right. terabyte. Okay. Or there's other ones that'll you know different RAID configurations where it'll actually uh, just mirror them on both, and uh, so data is saved yeah. on two different drives, and it actually speeds assist, you know the the hmm. access time. You know when it's reading off of the drive and writing to it, it speeds it up. Uh, sure. Yep. And some of there's, the, I was going to say some of the RAIDs are they're built for speed. Some are built for storage. Uh, they're all built with some level of protection in mind, except for that RAID 0. You get zero protection with it. Maybe that's what RAID 0 stands for. Yeah, zero yeah. protection. <laughs> no, um, I'm a, a, only, only RAID I'm familiar with is, you know, the ant or <laughs> spray mosquito. Or... <laughs> so RAID stands for Redundant Array of Inexpensive yeah. Disks. It's an old okay. concept that's been around for quite mm-hmm. a while, um, just using Perfect. using multiple disks in, in one one place. And See, it, that's that's why I have you guys here to, like I said, take my Stone Age brain and teach me a thing or two. That, that's what I'm here for. Well, you know, well, you keep playing like this, Dave, but I think you know a lot more than you're letting on. No, he's hearsay. Right now, Dave's coding some. Oh yeah. Them. Oh, he's he's like a hacker. He's <laughs> yeah. like in the NSA right now. He's like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. These guys. I don't can know handle clicking between my two screens. I think without hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, I accidentally left the podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> no. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not a total dummy, but when it gets to some of that, I, I really don't, you know, because I, I haven't had the experience with it, and I haven't ever taken the time, like most people, I think, really, um, that aren't in the tech field or just have a, a natural curiosity about it, I haven't taken the time to really dig into it. I hear a lot of these terms and phrases, you know, out there, even in the, the photography circles, because, you know, there's there's always... Backup is a huge thing in photography, you know, getting back to what we were talking about originally, just because of the threat of not only getting sued by a client or, you know, just plain and simple feeling horrible if you lost someone's pictures. But even for people that all you're doing is photos of your own family, Mm -hmm. it would be awful to lose, you know, 10 years of pictures, you know, of your family and things like that. And so, you know, you can never really have enough backup. And I know they talk a lot of times that the rule is, you know, it's a file is never completely safe until it's backed up in at least three places is kind of the the goal with a lot of photographers. Now I I can't say I'm there, you know, yet, but you know, it's, it, it, you know, it's a little bit of a cost to get it set up, but I think it's worth it. You know, if you, if you can do that. And I, I guess basically I have backblaze, I have my external hard drives and my website through smug mug. Um, I've got unlimited, um, data there basically too. So I can push up the, the finished files. I can't put raw files there, but any finished JPEGs I can, you know, once I get them edited, export them right to smug mug in a private gallery. So no one sees them. Sure. And it's another form of a backup. Now, would I want to put my entire, you know, 250,000 images up there? No, 
but for the important stuff, you know, definitely client galleries are there, everything else. So it's, it's another thing to do kind of similar with Dropbox where you can take those important files and, and, you know, kind of shove them up into another place that if push came to shove, you've got access. Right. Well, I think it it goes without saying that you never truly know how important your backups are until you need them. Yeah. It's it's always, if it's, if you haven't been doing them and you have a catastrophic loss, you're kicking yourself. Right. Um, There's, there's no two ways around it. There was a uh, there was a municipality in Minnesota a couple of years ago that hit, got hit with ransomware. They did not have a good backup, from what I heard. Uh, ended Oops. up having to actually pay the ransom. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even like sure a, a exactly city. which one it was, but yeah, it was. So it was. A, yeah, it was a local government. Yeah, yeah. And and you think about that, and it it just goes to show you how backing up the whole process of backing up even by people who should know better that have, you know, but you would assume a city, a government would have an IT department. They should know better, but how easily it is to just forget about it and think I'll do that tomorrow when I get it done. So, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Can't stress it enough. Back up, back up, back up all the time. And if you have your system automated, check on your backups, make sure they actually are working properly because, you might find like uh, like I have in the past that oh well this didn't back up for two weeks, good thing I caught right. it now you know something like that. Well, right. I have uh, the the iDrive that I use. I actually get a little pop up down in the uh, uh, down in the whatever you call it the pop up thing in Windows Ten here uh, that area. lets me know uh, you know because every night at three a.m. is when it backs up uh, all the information that I I tell it to back up on a daily basis, and it lets me know the number of files that were successfully backed up. Uh, right. So I do get a little notification there on a daily basis. Uh, and I, you know, like you mentioned, you know, you want to be checking on that. And I do highly recommend anybody who is, you know, wants to keep their, uh, you know, their information secure that they definitely need to check on that and see if they could do some type of notifications like that. Or even like, uh, I, I would, I wouldn't mind if, uh, you know, my system sent me a, a text and says, uh, uh, iDrive is now backed up 15 files secure, you know, whatever. Uh, just mm-hmm. give me that little – I'm not backing up anything important. Dave is backing up something important. My wife in the future will be backing up something important. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for people that it's it's their business, uh, you know, having a notification system like that is actually, uh, I think, important to them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, and, and I want to be – just kind of step back and get a clarification. You guys keep saying I'm a professional. I'm really not. I mean, I work a day job. I just do the photography on the side. But – those photos are still important. You know, it's it's not like... Uh, have you gotten paid for your work, though? Yes, I have. Professional. I, the whole concept <laughs> of professional versus amateur is a topic for another day <laughs> okay, because right. I... I've got a I've got a beef with the idea that just because you make money with it makes you a professional. Oh, that's I've seen right, some right. crap. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, will, I will already concede to that, but I'm just saying right. I've seen your yeah. work and ah. it's really good. Well, I Dave, I just got that. one example. If you pay her, she's a professional. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Thankfully, the end of digital suit for the day. <laughs> um, yes, the FCC has now closed us down. This was our right. first you know and final broadcast. Dave, I have another question for you. So I'm an amateur yeah. amateur photographer, new to the DSLR, DSLR mm-hmm. realm in the last two years. R- right. How many uh, memory cards do you bring with you when you're out <laughs> shooting? Because so far, I'm like, I've got one. It's got capacity. I'm guessing I probably should have a few more. I shoot um, on 16-gig cards, and I know a lot of people will go with the larger cards. Myself, I prefer to keep 
all of my eggs not in one basket. So I will go out. I think I have something like eight or 12 uh, 16 gig cards. I do have a couple 60, like two 64 gig cards that I use for some of my video work just in case. Oh, but sure. I'll go out with, yeah, easily eight to 12 um, because on a on an average wedding, I might fill up maybe two cards. You know, even shooting in the raw format, you're going to fill data up quickly, but I'd rather have extras there and backups just in case. So, um, and, and depending on the type of camera you're using, a lot of times you can have dual cards going in there as well. And a lot of people will use it to save the, not to get too technical here, but save the raw file and the JPEG on a separate card. But honestly, the best thing to do in most cases is to have one card recording everything and have the other one just as a backup, creating a, a live on the spot backup for oh. you, because then you've got two cards that are, are mirrored. They're the same data. So if one card is corrupt or something happens, you still have those files on the other cards. So, so it, yeah, my camera doesn't have that option, but I like I like to hear that that option exists. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in, in mine that I have now doesn't either. I shoot now in the Fuji X series. And uh, some of the newer, the, the brand new bodies, I think the one has a dual card slot, but the ones I, I'm shooting don't. Mm. Um, but it's something I wish it did because I, I, it's just that peace of mind when you're, you know, in the yep. middle of a wedding Automatic day to know, backup. Right. You've got a copy of it there. Unless so. you walk through a huge magnet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you exactly. know, since we're on the topic of memory cards, I, not all yep. memory cards are are of the same class definitely um, no. and this is something i'm not sure a lot of people are aware of they think they can just go buy some sd card and just use it and then it's not right. working up to performance maybe dave can you mm -hmm. touch the base a little bit on the classes of sd cards uh you know i don't have the exact specifications but i know that when you go into say for example walmart and you're going to grab an sd card off the shelf it's going to be a slow card um, I forget, like I said, I apologize. I, I'm not prepared on the numbers in front of me. Um, but I know that they're, they're what class 10 is kind of the, the baseline that, that I use on most things, if I remember right. Um, in but, the, uh, off the top of my head, I don't have the numbers in front well, of me. I, I apologize. I, class 10 is the, I think that's the one. Cause I, when I, when I bought my camera, I was looking at the memory cards. I'm like, Oh, I'll just grab this one. Oh, yep. what do these class numbers mean? Cause they've got a number on there with right. a circle. And so I was, right. I was in the store on my phone looking this up, and I found that, wow, you want to have that class 10 because it can actually read and write the data faster and fast enough for your device. Uh, a digital camera, like a, a high-end digital camera, is writing a lot of data really quick. Oh, yeah. So if you want your device to not be slow, get yourself a high-class memory card. Yep, and it's going to help not only the read-write speeds, but a lot of if you're shooting sports, anything like that, where you're using the continuous shutter and you want to shoot a burst of like eight photos a second, it helps that because otherwise the buffer on the camera fills up real fast. Mm. And um, where I really noticed the, the difference in cards was when I got into shooting video. And... Um, even the class 10 cards I have at times will struggle a little bit with, with that because they'll, they'll run into speed issues because you start recording 4k video and it's really pushing a lot of data through there in a hurry. So now are you, uh, are you to trying at. to record 4k at just the standard class 10 or are you, did you jump up to the ultra high speed ones? Uh, no, just the same cards I'm using in my, uh, my stills cameras actually Ooh, I, I okay. have a couple actually yeah so i have to watch and most of the stuff i do is a lot of short clips here and there so it's not an issue but every now and then i'll run into an issue where i'll be in the middle of recording and the camera will just pop up and air it stopped recording said 
you know, the, there was a card write speed problem. We couldn't keep up. And so mm-hmm. give it a minute and then start over. But well, definitely. So. I mean, I, I don't record anything over 720p because that's what my phone does. So I'm not into the 4K. Uh, but I, I have heard that, uh, you know, you definitely want to get uh, an ultra high speed card, which are Absolutely. more expensive, of course. Yep. Uh, but uh, the, the fastest one, I guess, is something like 30 megabits a second, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, I'm assuming because uh, the other one's like, honestly, for me, uh, what I have in my uh, cell phone right now, I have a class two. <laughs> but all okay. I do is take a few stills here and there and I have some music on there. I don't need anything else uh, besides that. But, uh, yeah, for the, you know, 4K video, even for, you know, just regular 1080p and stuff, you know, the faster, the faster ones uh, is what you want to get. And uh, I do want to tell you a little story here. Definitely not only, I mean, you might be able to get, uh, you go online, you go to Amazon, you go to whatever, you're going to see so many different brands of, of all of these SD cards at the different speeds. I mean, you could have right. 10 different uh, brand names for class 10. They don't perform the same. No. I have, over the years, I've had cards just stop functioning just totally. And uh, I have found that SanDisk is one of the best that I've ever used. And to this day now, I just I only buy SanDisk for everything. Uh, maybe there's some other brands I could try, but I've got burned on some generics that, that I won't even try anything but SanDisk. Right. Yeah, I, I have I have a few SanDisk cards, but I tend to shoot the Lexar uh, Professional Series cards. Uh, Lexar has had a really solid product in my experience from just the years of using them. So, and I've never used one, so I'll okay. definitely have to try that in the future. Here, well, I think I can't... It, a general good rule of thumb is if you recognize the brand, you're better off. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when you buy a, a TV and you get the remote that's got the you know Sam Yang batteries in there. Right. Like, what is this? You know, you might right. be getting They'll it for half the for... price, but it's, yeah. It doesn't always work that way because one of mine that just completely stopped functioning within, it wasn't even a month, and it was a Memorex. Yeah, Memorex isn't a top brand or anything, but it's a, a recognizable it brand. It is. <laughs> and it's dead now, though. <laughs> but, but just yeah. like the cassette. <laughs> Literally lost everything on that. I think I had, oh. I mean, it was just music and, you know, occasional pictures and stuff, but I couldn't recover anything. I mean... I yeah. I downloaded software off the internet to try to recover uh, stuff off of it, and it was just dead to the world. It, mm. I couldn't even see it. Well, yep, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I I, I myself though, I'm with you. Those two brands, uh, Lexar and Sandisk, they're Extreme Stream Three, and I don't know if they have an Extreme Four or if they. I, I haven't used them. That changed the branding. I know a little bit, but they've both been pretty solid, and and it seems like they're kind of the the two industry standards. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as far as reliability and stuff, I mean, any card can fail. You can get a dud off the factory line, Mm -hmm. but they're they're really, really a solid, solid card. And, and, you know, you're you're trusting, you know, it's tough because you you don't want to spend that much money on on a stupid memory card. But when you think about it this way, that you're, trusting even pictures of your family that you know maybe you're on vacation or whatever it is these special moments you're trusting your camera to record it do you really want to cheap out on a you know gamble on losing those those potential memories that you have so right kind of the kind of the other way i look at it so Makes uh, sense. now you said you were recording some 4k what are you recording that on 
I shoot, uh, I bought a, it's uh, called a Panasonic Lumix FZ300, F as in Frank, Z as in Zebra 300. Oh, mm-hmm. one of those. It's, uh, yep, it's a super, uh, <laughs> what I, it is, I have it's the a 250. super now, how, how is that uh, compared to the 250? Yeah, it's, it's an upgrade because the, oh, okay. the 200 that they made <laughs> had no, uh, no 4K serious. video. But well, I got the no, special edition serious. 250. <laughs> well, it, it's basically what it is. It's it's uh, a point and shoot camera. It's it's a bridge camera they call it, where you can't change lenses, but it does have the full manual controls on everything, and it's got the super zoom capabilities. Something like, uh, if I remember right, twenty eight millimeter to six hundred millimeter equivalent zoom. So you've got a lot of reach on it, but I got it because it's it's really well known for the video. I really wanted to get into some of the higher end Panasonic stuff, the GH series, but it's a lot of money, and for what I'm doing, I just couldn't invest that kind of money into the video side of it right now. But this camera's been good, and it's it's gotten really good reviews for the 4K video, and so I'm still learning to use it, really, you know, because video's a, a different ballgame from stills in a lot of ways. But it's it's been good. It performs well. It's nice and lightweight, easy to take with me. So, um, And because I do a vlog-style thing, a lot of times it's easy to have on a – gorilla pod hanging out you know at arm's length recording myself while i'm walking around as well it's not too heavy or anything like that so sure hey now uh, i'm go gonna ahead, ask I'm you sorry. 360 yeah. video trend yeah or future of video i i think trend i think it's a gimmick in hot take here i think it's a pile of steaming garbage most of the time i i don't i i have not seen anything i liked about it at all it just seems to me like it's 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 a lazy man's way of making a video where you don't know what you want to shoot, so you're just going to shoot everything. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to record everything around me. And so I, I personally am not a fan, just my opinion, but I, I don't think it's going to be the next long-term thing when it comes to video. I think you're still going to see the traditional, you know, aspect ratios and things okay. that you're seeing because they've got to fit it on a movie screen, you right. know? Now, with the um, advent and the increase of VR now, mm-hmm. um, does that increase the, the possible use of those for that particular it, technology? It could, I suppose, yeah, for VR use, I suppose. But I, I also, and maybe this is just me being kind of uh, not anti, anti-advanced anti tech, but to me it seems like VR is another one of those things where I think you're going to see a a little bit of a niche where people get into it and they use it and they do some really cool things with it. But I also don't think it's going to be something that takes the place of your mainstream, you know, television, uh, movie theaters, YouTube, any of that kind of stuff. And so I think it's going to be kind of a specialty thing. Once the newness wears off, It'll be just just like anything else where you have, you know, IMAX instead of a regular movie mm. theater and you maybe you have a VR situation, you know. But, I mean, can you picture the new Star Wars, for example, you know, five years from now, four years from now being put out exclusively in VR? Maybe, but I don't, I don't know mm. that they'd, they'd do that. No, well, it's in, oh, go ahead, Jason. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, from my reading and stuff, it, it looks like uh, probably AR is a lot more promising than the VR. Uh, the assisted reality, because I mean, you still have. <laughs> I thought you were going to say sure actual reality. <laughs> uh, no. uh, the other day, I went outside. It <laughs> no, it's 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 actually a really big thing. Um, you still see everything here. Uh, think of it like Google Glass, but right. much better than that, because you can interact with everything that's in front of you. Like 
you have a you have a coffee table that you can walk up to it and you'll have digital things on it uh like like say oh, uh so like, similar to like the uh the pokemon game where you get like an overlay oh, ex- exactly it's it's right. not all encompassing where you're in this mm-hmm. this entire uh you know cut off from reality you're just in this this fake world here it's bringing mm-hmm. you know different aspects to reality and uh mm-hmm. they're talking about i mean this could be great for like uh um you know, doctors practicing, you know, uh, would-be doctors. What do you say? Uh, interns? What, what do you call them when they're not quite a doctor yet? Residents? Resident. No, they're, 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 they've already got their uh, – they've graduated, mm. right? Residents? I don't know. But, you know uh, – I haven't watched Grey's Anatomy in, in too long, so I don't remember. <laughs> never watched it, but I did watch Private Practice a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just uh, – uh, take a look at Assisted Reality stuff. I uh, do yeah. some uh, Googling on it, and it, it, it looks pretty good. Now, I think none of this reality stuff is going to ever fully take off until you don't need any kind of uh, visual help. Uh, once it's projected just in there, I think of uh, the holodeck on Star Trek. If we can ever get to that point. That would be awesome. Could, could you? Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine that? I don't know if you ever crazy. watched Star Trek, Dave. I know Adam has. Well, I, I was in, I, I have actually, but I was going to say you could bring it more current and think of the Avengers in the, in the system Tony Stark works on yeah. while he's putting everything together. <laughs> Same kind of a thing. You know, it's interesting. Um, virtual reality back in the 90s was, oh, here right. comes virtual reality. And we all watched <laughs> Lawnmower Man and we were like, wow, that's oh, amazing. <laughs> and then it disappeared. It completely disappeared, and only yeah. now has it kind of come back. You know, well, the I, tech I agree, wasn't really there back then, right? But the concept was there, but the tech wasn't. And I, I think, yeah. I, I think people just don't want to have something strapped to their face all the time, and have just some, like three D. Yeah, it's it, you're going to want to mm-hmm. have your standard monitors, your standard, you know, standard equipment, yep. especially if you're doing business. You're not going to wear these things in your faces. But I think right. what you're talking about, Jason, I, I hadn't heard the term AR, but I knew the concept. Um, you know what? What they've been talking about in um, some of the government work has been, you know, imagine this technology for because a lot of local government deals with things like property and imagine this technology being able to look and see where um, utilities are underground, uh, where where the road is, you know, where the right of way is, um, you know, all this stuff just with being able to overlay that data. Uh, I think that's Mm -hmm. just it it offers some really exciting and incredible um, potential. If we can get to that right. point. And I think that's the difference is is the practical application versus entertainment that you're seeing with, with your original question of the 360 degree cameras and things like that. Um, you know, being a, being a gimmick versus a practical mm-hmm. application like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. What uh, just to bring this back to movies and stuff in this uh, virtual reality and assisted reality and stuff. Uh, there was a movie I watched. Um Jeez, it was sometime last year, probably middle of the year or something. It was called uh, Jerusalem. Uh, it's just like Jerusalem, but with a Z. And the only reason I even... Oh, so it's hip and trendy. Yeah, hip and trendy. <laughs> but the only the only reason I actually <laughs> like watched it was because I thought it was going to be a zombie flick. And you know what yeah, I mean? It sounds like flicks. a World War yeah, Z. Yeah, I mean, you're going you're gonna to put a Z in there instead of the S. But it turned out to be more of uh, uh, opening the gates of hell in Jerusalem. Mm. And yeah, I actually, I actually enjoyed the movie, but the big thing about it was it was all from uh, the perspective of Google Glasses. The girl uh, that was the main uh, character in the movie, she was wearing these Google Glasses, 
And as she was walking around and she meets people, it was actually kind of cool. Like it, the Google Glass would uh, zo zoom in on a face and through recognition, it would pull up their Facebook page instantly. Hmm. So she was reading, you know, everything about these people. Um, it was kind of In other cool. words, the actual privacy concerns that they had. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was pretty interesting putting that uh, – it, it made it almost like a uh, – uh, Blair Witch, remember how it was like filmed yep. from that perspective, but because it was done through the perspective of the Google Glass, you had the technology uh, that it was putting different things up there, and then uh, and then you had it filmed in that you know that style, and it was actually a very interesting movie, hmm. and uh, I, I would recommend it to, if you guys like horror movies, definitely check it out. I mean, found it, it, footage movie. Yeah, right, probably right. you guys have never heard of this movie. I'm absolutely positive you haven't, uh, but. I, I would say watch it. It's it's a decent watch. Okay. I think it yeah, probably got like, like uh, two stars out of ten or something. But. <laughs> In other words, I'm glad Google, Google Glass will open the gates of Hades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. Okay, Google, open the gates of hell. <laughs> yeah. What is Google's person? It's not Alexa. It's, uh, just, it's yeah, just okay Google. That's, <laughs> Google? Yeah, that's it's just right. okay Google. Google is genderless. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, well, guys, um, uh, we're we're over the hour mark here. Anything, uh, yeah. any last minute things you wanted to talk about here? I, I'm good. I think. I mean, the, the just the the core thought from today, you know, like we said, backup, backup, backup. It's Agreed. so important. You know, you can't you can't ever be too safe and and too secure when it comes to that side of things. So, where can people find us? You know what? I just don't know. I think we're no. we're enigmas right now. We're <laughs> no, out there. you can. Uh, you know what? You're, now you're getting me here because now I don't have all that information in front of me. Well, I can Thanks tell you where to find us on Twitter. Thanks a lot, Dave. At the Digital Soup on Twitter. Perfect. So if you guys have any questions, have any thoughts, absolutely send them over there. Um, we'll link up in the show notes any of our personal contact that we want to put out as far as a Twitter or. Anything like that as well, and we'll get our, our act together a little bit better for next time. But uh, don't make promises we can't keep, Dave. Yeah. Well, we, we talked about well, we're not professionals here. We are not. We are not. This is the second show of, of many hopefully to come. So we want to thank everybody who is following us along and joining us on this journey, of course. And I want to personally just thank Jason and Adam for uh, allowing me to tag along oh, with thanks. you guys because I yeah, always you. learn something. So. Absolutely. And we're learning time. stuff from so, you too. So, I mean, yeah. this, is, well, this is a three-way street here. That's right. That's right. It's a, <laughs> a three-way street. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, any any last thoughts before we let people go? Uh, I don't have any last thoughts, but hey, Dave, uh, you were talking about blogs. Uh, where can people blogs, see your vlogs yeah. at? The easiest place to find anything of mine is just right at my website, uh, davidswyduck.com. That's my main photo website. It has links to my Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and I think my Facebook no, photo Do page not on tell anybody well. how to spell this. Just let them guess. Yeah. Well, you, you guys guess. Um, we'll put it in the show notes because it's a bit of an alphabet soup instead of a digital soup. So, oh, Did he say um, sly duck? <laughs> Sly duck? No, I did not. I said Sly duck. That would be an S Z W E D U I K. So it's all there, davidswyduck.com, and you can find anything there you want. Um, absolutely, if you've got questions on the photo end, um, shoot me a message in Twitter or Instagram, wherever you want, and I'll be happy to answer those as well because I do those vlogs five days a week right now. So 
um, putting up new content constantly, it feels like. Lots so. of content. All right. Absolutely. How about you, Adam? You know, I've got nothing else. If you guys uh, are good. I, I mean, wanna... where can people, uh, you got anything to promote? Anything to plug here? <laughs> well, I'm glad gig? you asked. I got a sale got a going gig coming on right up. now. <laughs> mattresses. <laughs> yeah, mattresses. <laughs> Wacky, wavy, arm, <laughs> inflatable arm flailing tube men. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, nothing in the digital realm right now for me. Um, you know, I, I do have my own personal Twitter. I'm at, uh, Starfield escape and I'm not really super active on there right now, but, uh, that may change in the near future here as we continue. So Starfield, can you explain that? Uh, the name of my, my band's last album was the, uh, Starfield escape. Right, so what's I your band's kinda, name? Yeah, well, my, my, my band, which no longer exists was called Sky Warden. Oh, that um, sucks. It's, <laughs> the name or the fact yeah. that it doesn't exist. Yeah, I hate name that is, name. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. You know, and I think my website's still up there at skywarden.com. And um, we are still, you can still download our tunes on uh, iTunes and things like that. Or or stream it if you can find it somewhere where you can stream it. <laughs> I haven't looked this or up. Or hear it right at the start yeah, of each and every say. show. Yeah. Where can the hear shine, shine on it? <laughs> they can catch five to ten seconds of it at the beginning of these podcasts. <laughs> Just epic. It is, and if you'd like to hear the full uh, version of that, yeah, I just want you to uh, send uh, Adam there a Twitter, a oh, tweet. Yeah. Well, you can check out Skywarden at ReverbNation.com and uh, just mm-hmm. punch that in. You'll you'll be able to actually stream all of the all of our music off our EP. Sweet, and I don't I don't have much. I have uh, I'm, I'm I play a few games here and there, and I uh, video. Um, so uh, you could just go to youtube.com forward slash game guru. That's G A M E G U R U. And uh, I have some different uh, different series of games on there like Ark and uh, Hello Neighbor and stuff like that. Uh, but that's about it that I do. Uh, I'm pretty boring. Um, <laughs> I'm not like these guys that are photographers and musicians and yeah, uh, action you know, packed bodybuilders, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. I haven't been in the band for five years, just living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I once played in the step neighbor's garage. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, from all of us here at Digital Soup to you out in the ethereal internet world, have a good day. Absolutely. And remember, this is the only podcast where you can bring your microchips and salsa to the Super Bowl party. Take care, guys, and we will talk to you next week. Hey guys, that is right. It is time for another episode of Digital Soup. I'm here with my good friends, Jason. Hey, how's it going? And Adam. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my oh, God. Okay, we're keeping that. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's what we do here at Digital Soup. Oh, okay. Wait, why don't we get, let's give it another moment of silence and start. <laughs> Sorry, All right. Jason. All right. Oh. <laughs> <There he> is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so All right. Three, two, one, quiet.